things theology, all things theology. We chop it up properly without an apology. Gotta get that theology to God, hallowed be, 'cause this is how we do it at all things theology. Yo, grace and peace, and welcome back to another episode of All Things Theology. Where、well, this is your host K Dub, and today we're going to continue part three of our response on the David Lynn. And Marcus Rogers conversation where they largely discuss the Trinity. I hope you have been enjoying the response. Let me first start off by engaging some of the rebuttals I've been getting because oftentimes the rebuttals are often surface level and not actually interacting with what I've said or maybe misunderstanding of some things I said.、Uh, the common responses that I get are.、Um, You know, don't judge, right? Don't judge the prophet. Don't judge the man of God, right? Even though the Bible tells us to judge,、um, judgment begins in the house of the Lord.、Um, we are to judge righteously, the Bible says. So, oftentimes the, and then it, so that often myth,、uh, shifts the focus off of the actual content, and it doesn't engage the actual point, but it shifts it on just don't address the person. That's really what it goes down to, right? Who are you to address this person? You're a nobody, right? And that may be true, but、uh, again, we have to think biblically. And it's my assertion that when someone argues like that, we don't actually get to the point of the content, but rather just the point of the person, right? Because I mean, people could do the same thing to me. Don't judge Kate up. Don't judge Kate up. Right? Leave the man of God alone. Which I was. I, I don't want any of that, right? If I'm saying something that's unbiblical, hey, you have the freedom to、uh, to make a video, to to make a, a comment about it, right?、Uh, but hopefully, you actually deal with what I'm saying. And hey, he, he has an ugly beard. Okay, whatever. That that's called an hominem fallacy. Much of critiques actually fall on、uh, fallacious argumentation. And so, hey, if you have a problem with what I'm saying, my point is just engage what I'm saying and not keep it on surface level. Well. Enough of the in-house、uh, kind of、uh, content on how we deal with cri-、uh, criticism. Let's actually start off、um, part three of this video, getting into it. So let's start here with this clip. Think about it. I'm not oh kumbaya, everybody la di da. Like you know what people? What is it? The Methodist preaching that Satan is Jesus' brother? Like doctrine and <laughs> uh, maybe that was a mistake, but it's, it's it's the Mormons who teach that, not the Methodists.、Uh, so. <laughs> Hey Methodist, I will defend you when you are right.、Uh, yes, the Mormons who teach that,、um, not the、uh, Methodists. But I get his point. Theology is important, no doubt about it. There's people preaching. Now, hold on. Let, let me let me go back and finish. Let him finish that, so I'm not taking him out of context. Important, no doubt about it. There's people preaching crazy stuff. I agree. The problem is when Marcus preaches crazy stuff, right? When he preaches something that is unbiblical, he doesn't want to be held accountable to the unbiblical theology, or he'll say it's not a heaven or hell issue, as we're going to see here in a second. So when Marcus preaches something unbiblical, he just, you know, because the only from from Marcus Rogers, the only thing that is a heaven or hell issue is if you believe if you're a.、Uh, To be born again, he goes to John three, right? He's that. That's it. Everything else is on the table. But notice in John three. So ultimately, since John three is not a、uh, argument about、uh, the nature of God, so the nature of God is on the table,、um, and so so many other issues, right? Because if if you held them to consistency, and that's and that's often the time you get with、uh, Marcus Rogers, just not consistent at all. 
but we'll let him finish this out. But my thing is, where do you draw the line at what's a heaven or hell issue? So when I read my Bible, the only requirement for someone to be saved is to be born again. Everything else, you can talk about discipleship, you can talk about sanctification process, but that's not on you know my salvation because if, like you said earlier, we could all be disqualified. The Bible says none can keep the law and all that. That's the whole point. So at some point, I'm falling short. Yeah, but that's completely different. This is <laughs> this isn't saying, hey, since we all fall short, fall short, therefore every other doctrine is on the table. Uh, this is speaking about our justification and right standing by our obedience. Everyone, no one will has a leg to stand on when it comes to that. That is not the same thing as therefore. Even if you teach something unbiblical, it's okay. Marcus says the only thing that's on the table, so to speak, uh, uh, you know, paraphrasing, is if you believe John three, right? Uh, so for him, if you're a polytheist, you believe in multiple gods. Since again, not on the table. So justification by faith alone in Christ alone, uh, not important, not not worth uh, separating over. So there there are so many issues. You know, when you when you actually read the Bible, these are actually central issue, not just John three. Right. We have 66 books for a reason. If 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 there was only thing God wanted us to know for certain, then the Bible would just be very short. Right. Just be John three Nicodemus. Right. Uh, Which he even turns that passage to about himself. But we're not going to go there. Um, No, there are numerous issues which are heaven or hell issues. And I believe the nature of God, if anything, is a heaven or hell issue. The, the the nature of God is on the top of the seat when it comes to that, right? And so, yes, we will keep going with some clips here. Because Isaiah chapter 9 says, his, uh, you know, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government should be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called. Now, I wonder if this has anything to do with what God already knew would happen. I mean, some people are going to say... Again, one of my problems with this is just so much speculation. Like, I wonder, my, my th- go to the text, explain what it means, but I'll let him finish. Some people will call him wonderful. Some people will call him counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Now, we know that he's all of the above, but it, it, it's funny because it, it almost seems like if you just put it in a 20, 2023 mind, it almost seems like some people are going to say, no, no, Jesus is the father. He, he's the father. He's going to be called the father. No, no, no. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. No, he, he's the son. No, 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 no. No, no. Jesus is, a, is the Holy Ghost. He, he's the counselor. Jesus is. No, this is not even comparable. Uh, one, it's not us arguing about different attributes of the son. Uh, that, that largely isn't the, the conversation. It is literally about the nature and the being of God, who he is. But if we start off with. Well, oneness and Trinitarians are essentially saying the same thing in different ways. Then we're going to miss miss the boat. We're going to speak past each other. I mean, look, I look, I vehemently disagree with oneness. And I am thankful when one has come on this channel. They're like, you're preaching a false God because I believe them. Absolutely not. They're wrong. They're heretical. But at least they're willing to stand on what they believe and say, no, we're arguing two different things. I can I can respect that. But when someone does this kind of ecumenical uh, you know, you're just arguing he's the father. I'm arguing he's the comforter and I'm, you know, the prince of peace. We're just arguing different things, but we're saying this. We're, we're, we're speaking past each other. We're, we're, you know, we'll never get to the crux of the issue if that's how we kind of argue and reason through this. 
wonderful. He's the mighty God. I mean, and and I wonder if I wonder if God had that in mind. It's like, guys, listen, I am God, and I came down and revealed myself in my Son Jesus, and I died for you. That's it. But but here's what we have to ask questions: Was it the was it the Father who came down, but just manifested Himself in a human body called the Son? Which is one is classical one is teaching, or was the was it the son distinct from the father, distinct from the spirit, who came down, manifested himself in flesh? Those those are not the same thing. Now those are not the same statements. Um, but again, but it's just all this. I wonder if God did this. Why don't we just go with what the text says? <laughs> Why don't we start there? Then we can try to look. People are having a harder time explaining what God did say. We don't need to wonder what he did not say, right? Let's get to the text. All of the above. I am your counselor. I am your God. I am your father. I am the son. I am everything that you ever need and more. I, I wonder, Pastor. But again, is it the same person? Or these, again, like, there's so many questions when he says, says this. I don't know which position he's actually trying to hold and affirm. Marcus, I, I wonder. I wonder. I mean... You know, and here we are I wonder. arguing with everybody. But look, I don't want you to get the impression from me that I'm just some loosey-goosey, wishy-washy guy. Because it might sound like that. But <laughs> yeah. it's not. Like, I went to seminary. I went to Bible college. I was one of the top of my class. I know my theology. But I also, like, we started out this conversation that I know what it takes to be saved. And apparently, uh, what you believe about God is... Um, not essential, not an essential component to that, right? Um, again, what he said. So let's go on to our next clip here. I don't say you have to believe in, you know, Trinity. You have to, you you have to, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z. You have to wear head covering. You have to cover your, you know, close your. You have to have everything. You have to read the Bible and memorize it, and know and go to seminary before you can get saved. Now, out of all those three, which one actually is essential? The nature of God. Head coverings, the Bible doesn't say if you wear head coverings, you're going to go to hell. The Bible doesn't say if you don't read your Bible every day, you're going to hell. But the Bible does emphasize the being of God, the nature of God as a, as a central Christian doctrine. So to put the nature of God, the Trinity, on par with head covering and you know your daily Bible reading plan, I find highly offensive. Um, Yeah. It's, Especially from someone who claims to believe in the doctrine of the Trinity. That's what even the more confusing part. I just lead them to the Lord. Say this prayer. Which Lord, David? Which Lord? What if they start asking you, is the Lord uh, the Father manifested as, uh, you know, three, uh, you know, manifestations of the same person? <laughs> you know, if, if, if a new convert was to ask a question like that, right? Or is it three distinct persons, right, who share the same being that is God, the same essence? Which one, David? Huh? Because I, I, I'm confused. What would you say to that person? Right. And what if they affirmed the opposite? Right. They affirmed the oneness position. And they was like they started they were in full blown denial and said, hey, no, your position heretical. I, I, again, I wonder what David would say. You say, so you're talking about wondering so much. <laughs> the Lord, confirm your faith in the waters of baptism. Let's, let's, let's baptize you. And very simple. Do you believe he died and is buried and rose again? Romans chapter 10, verses 9 says, If we confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. 
Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's it. You know, Mormons, they believe that. Jehovah's Witness, they believe that. I've never heard any one of those deny that Jesus is Lord. So, hey, uh, David Lynn, hey, accept them into the unity of the spirit, right? Of course not. This is a this is what you call an inconsistent position, right? They'll claim that here, right, when they want to affirm somebody they like. But when they, if they, you know, they, oh, I, of course, many people don't like Jehovah's Witness and Mormons. So then that's when they're like, well, no, no, doctrine matters. Or we got to divide over what the Bible says. Well, you can't have it both ways, sir. But let's get into this next clip here. I want to I jump in on something you said, because maybe you can explain it better than me. Because when I explain it, people, people get upset, right? So what you just said, right? Um, he that believes shall be saved. So I always taking that verse. It didn't say you are saved, but you shall be saved. Why? Because. It goes <sighs> Hold on a second. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Let me play the rest of this so we can hear what he's trying to argue. It goes back to what we said. If someone has a real encounter with Jesus, it's real. The Holy Spirit's going to lead them the rest of the way. Right. And so then this is something that I. What it sounded like Marcus was saying is, let's go back. Verse, it didn't say you are saved, but you shall be saved. Why? So he's, uh, you know, if you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved, right? It seems like what he's saying is uh, no one is saved right now. That's what it sounds like he's saying. If you call on the name of the Lord, it doesn't say you, 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 you are saved, but you shall be, you know. Well, yeah, when you call on the name of the Lord, future tense then you shall be saved, future tense, in that moment. But I was very confused when he made that statement. But I, we'll, we'll let him keep going because that was interesting because, you know, the Bible talks about us being saved at this very moment. You know, by grace through faith, by grace, we have been saved. We have been saved, past tense, right? Romans 5.1, we have been justified, past tense, by faith. So, again, he doesn't go further, but I thought that statement was interesting. Because it goes back to what we said. If someone has a real encounter with Jesus... It's real. The Holy Spirit's going to lead them the rest of the way, right? And so then, this is something that I preach, and apparently, you know, I'm a heretic because of this, right? And people say I'm preaching a works-based salvation. John three, you must be born of the water, spirit. You cannot see the kingdom, right? It's so. John three has nothing to do with baptism. It is about the spirit, uh, uh, indwelling someone, right? It's 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 about regeneration, not water baptism, right? Because in, but in Marcus Rogers' view, um. He believes water baptism is necessary for someone to be saved. You must be water baptized to be saved. That is Marcus Rogers' view that he has consistently taught, right? That is a classic, your classic one is Pentecostal view. Clear to me. And then Peter, the first thing he preaches is repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. I, I don't know how people don't, for the remission of sins. So there's a purpose in baptism. Not I, people say, oh, he teach a workspace. And the purpose is not. To get your justification. The purpose is to uh, identify with the Lord, right? Uh, th th this is what is taught in Romans 6. His death, our death, his resurrection, our resurrection, right? His death, our death, his life, our life. That's what is confirmed in baptism. Not uh, this is the moment where like, like you come down unjustified, you come up justified. That's not what's being happening in the waters of baptism. Salvation, because all I have to do is believe. But then... My issue with that is, where do we draw the line and gauge? Because there's people, Catholic, Muslim, 
uh, Cardi B, they they believe Jesus. Like they they right, that, right. that Jesus died for my sins. So if if then if that's the case, then all of these people are saved. If they <laughs> that's absurd, Marcus. They don't believe Jesus. They do not believe Jesus. <laughs> so so his argument is this: Well, if you if you believe it's just by faith alone, by belief alone, then everybody who says Jesus is saved. That's absurd. Because the Bible talks about a so-called Jesus, you know, kind of like the one you're preaching. It talks about false faith. None of these people bear fruit, right? The Muslims, let's bring that one up. The Muslims, uh, they deny the deity of Christ. Roman Catholics, they believe they're saved by works. Oh, kind of like you. Uh, Cardi B, I mean, just look at the fruit of her songs. I mean, my goodness. Um, so, no, this isn't like, hey, well, if you don't believe it's, you know, some kind of, you know, uh, you know, really what he's arguing is if you don't believe is, you know, you have to have do do works to be saved, then everybody who says Jesus name is saved, which is absurd. Absolutely. Believe in Jesus or, or whatever. And so the Bible says faith without words is dead. Right. And then um, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So to me, faith is not just you saying, oh, I believe in God. Of course, it faith is. has to line up with what the word of God says. So when Peter is saying be baptized and Jesus is saying be born of the water and swear, I'm not saying works save you, right? But I'm just expressing that faith through getting baptized. The same as take. Well, then why would you say just a second ago, no one's saved right now? I, I get Marcus will literally argue one thing and literally in two seconds, he'll be arguing against that point. That's why sometimes people will be like, well, he he actually believes the opposite. Well, you can literally show in the same video. <laughs> it's it, there's ultimately I'm getting there is no consistent coherent view of Marcus right it's it's it, it is all contradictory in one video he's arguing for unity in the next he doesn't want unity with all you fakes and frauds so it's like Marcus giveth and Marcus taketh away up your cross putting on the armor of God that's not works I'm just that's that is works yeah well that no that bearing your cross is works it is good works it doesn't save you but it is works to say is see, so fundamentally what Marcus do is he redefines a work. So bearing your cross, that's not works. Uh, a, a baptism, that's not a work. Uh, <laughs> a, a work, I would I would define as any obedience to God by any works, any obedience. No man shall be saved. We're only saved by the by the perfect obedience of Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. Hmm. I got a couple more clips. Let's get to it. But somebody got me one time so good, an army buddy of mine. He said, what about the people, like the American Indians and these people? Oh, listen to this. Listen to this. My goodness. Got me one time so good, an army buddy of mine. He said, what about the people, like the American Indians and these people who never heard the gospel? Well, if it's not his will that any should perish, they didn't get baptized. They didn't speak in tongues. Like, they never heard the gospel. didn't come to this place or that place or whatever. And so, man, I got me. I was like, man. And then I went to Romans, and it was talking about, you know, this is with the atheists and all the uh, evolution, the moral compass. And it talks about God judges them according to what they know. So to me, yes, uh, personally, I believe, you know, if someone, you know, calls on the Lord and they're genuine, it says you shall be saved. So if something happened to them or something and they didn't get baptized, I'm not, are they going to hell? Because that's where discipleship comes in. Well, why not? If it is necessary for someone to be baptized to be saved, even in these remote countries, I mean, Marcus, you better you should be setting up baptismals in, in, in those countries. Right. And and it sounded like he was saying 
people will be judged like to go to heaven or hell based on kind of what they did, which would be works. Um, here's my position. According to Romans 10, how shall they be saved unless a preacher is sent? What's the conclusion of that? They won't. This is why we send missionaries to foreign countries, because without the gospel, all men perish. Without the gospel, every single one of us would perish. This is why we go hit the streets and evangelize. This is why we, you know, we support missionaries who are doing uh, foreign works and things like that. This is why we pray for, for the gospel to go forth throughout the whole world. I mean, if people got saved apart from the gospel, the worst thing you can do is go send the gospel because because that's going to condemn them once they reject it. Right. I never got that point. I never got that viewpoint of, you know, hey, you know, they're just going to be judged on pretty much the what skip tip the scale balance. Right. They did more good. And this kind of moral law in their heart. My friend, if that's the standard of which they're judged, they're going to hell anyway. So but I would argue by either either point they would end up in hell. Go, go share the gospel. Let's see. He says some more stuff. That's where the job of the pastor, the teacher, the man. Now we're, we're going to take you from faith to faith. We're going to take you line by line, precept upon precept. And this is why you should get, uh, you know, baptized. All right. Let's let's do another clip here. Uh, the classic God told me, right? You, you, you got to hear a God told me, right? Don't, the, the Bible says if you don't love your brother and you hate your brother, then, hey, you don't you don't know God. You don't. And it's, it's crazy to me. So it's like I feel the Holy Spirit so thick in this place. And it's like, it's like ah, that, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. How can we get to the place? We take all the... Now, he's... And, and I want us to actually focus on something because let's focus on what he's saying because he's going to get a little emotional. But I don't want that to be the point of like... Right. Because it's easy to, you know, mock people and make fun, but, you know, forget emotional. Uh, Marcus does that often. But let's let's let, let's be mature right now. OK, again, I want to be fair in my critique. Let's deal with what he's saying. Because remember, I start off the video. Right. I have to be consistent with what I'm saying. Right. And so let me try to model that now. Uh, how can we get to the place? Where we take all that stuff off that's not a heaven or hell issue. And remember, for, for Marcus, that's literally everything except John 3. And through intimacy with the Holy Spirit, I'm able to recognize that's my brother. That's my sister. Despite them denying the nature of God, justification by faith. Uh, what, what if they denied the bodily, resurrect, the bodily resurrection of Jesus? What if they say Jesus has already come back? You know, kind of like, uh, you know, what was going on in the um, Thessalonian church. Paul seemed to think there was a lot of things worth defending and anathematizing people over, uh, calling them so-called brothers. Hmm. Regardless of the outfit. Maybe the outfit isn't tailored to my preference. And that's that's never been my issue. It, the, the issue isn't tailor your suit the way K-Dub likes it. In my flesh, bro, I could care less. When I was an unbeliever, I could care less about any of this stuff, <laughs> right? The issue is we need to tailor our suits, if that's what the language you want to use, according to the Bible, sir. God's word. That's been my point the whole time. To God's word is the standard. To the source. Ad fontes. To the source, as they said. 
maybe the outfit doesn't look exactly like mine. But how do I get to the place where I can see in the spirit, that's my brother, that's my sister, and I love you, and let's come together and give the world Jesus. How do we, how do we come to that place? We take everything off, and it's just Jesus. With, and then I, again, I, I know I'm sounding like a broken record. Which Jesus, say it with me, which Jesus are we going to preach? Because remember, we stripped all we stripped all the distinctives away. We're just gonna give them Jesus. Now we can't define who this Jesus is. Because remember, we stripped it up, we stripped all this way. So we can't define who he is. We just gotta say the name. And when people ask us about it, hey, well, we stripped all that away, right? And I feel God so strong in this place right now, guys. That that's that is the will of the Father. That's where He wants us. And I know some people they're gonna hate what I'm saying right now, but now, and now we're being told this is the will of God to strip all the distinctive stuff away, all the theological distinctives, you know, which we get in the Bible, to strip it all away because you know what? It's the will of God, apparently. That's what he he when Jesus came and he stripped everything. He made himself of no reputation. Notice how he's actually using the passage. <laughs> the passage in Philippians 2, him made himself no reputation, has, has uh, I believe it's in Philippians 2, but nevertheless, that has nothing to do with actual stripping all the, the, the theological distinctives away. It's about him coming uh, man, not, I, I, again, he'll quote a text and it has nothing to do with what, he, what he's talking about. And he said, here I am. You will, they will know you're my disciples by the way you love one another. Not by what label or outfit that you put. The religious Pharisees, they had the fancy outfits. And they knew the Torah, but they didn't know God. Man, I feel the spirit. I'm going to give the mic back to you. I want you to just take it wherever you feel. But I told you, man of God, when I saw you walk in, I knew this was a divine appointment. There's over almost 2,000 people watching this thing right now. And I know what God told me. I asked him, I said, Lord, do you want me to just go on the Internet and say, I'm a this or I'm a this. Do you want me to just put that outfit on and make these people happy? And he says, son, don't do it. Either they know by the spirit or they don't. So now we can't argue with him, right? God is the one who told him, hey, don't be a Trinitarian. Don't wear this label of Trinitarian. Don't wear a label of oneness. They didn't need to know by the spirit. So <laughs> who needs the Bible when God is speaking to you? Uh, well, I would argue um, contra contradictory to what the Bible says. So again, people like to use the God told me when they can't buttress their point by scripture. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I know. So in part one, I tried to play this clip, but it wasn't working. So I want to play that clip right now. And we're going to get into something else real quick before we end this live, because I just want a lot of people are saying Marcus is all he said. He always affirmed. Uh, the, the deity of Christ, he all uh, the fullness of God. Jesus has been fully God. He's always affirmed that. He's always believed Jesus is eternal. Well, I just want to play this clip real quick. God already had Jesus, the son, in mind. Um, so even though he wasn't an eternal being, it was more that he was an eternal thought because... Notice, Jesus is not an eternal being. And I would like to use the term person, but that's fine. I know what he's trying to get at. He's, he's an eternal thought. So Jesus did not have conscious... Uh, yeah, a, a consciousness of his own, meaning distinct, distinctives, distinctiveness. 
but rather he was just a thought in the father's mind. He didn't actually have ontological existence, meaning uh, he did not have a, a distinctiveness of his own. God was all knowing. I never denied the where where does it say that the son was a person? We read we read in first Peter 120 that he was always eternal, but he was a thought in God's mind. Right, was, even though he manifested himself in the sun, just like he manifested part of himself in the bush, there was still when he was in the bush, he was still in heaven. When he was in the sun on the cross, he was still in heaven. It's the same exact thing. When the Holy Spirit was in, Ma in Mary, the, the Father, he was still in heaven. Always one, but able to take uh if a human being, if I can take my arm and cut my arm off and throw it over there, why can't God do that? Now, notice at this point in time, Marcus Rogers belief, and I'm going to show you how this is actually consistent with his belief at least a year ago. Um, his belief is that the father cut off his arm, metaphorically speaking, and threw it into a human, which is called the son. That is Marcus Rogers' view, plain right there in your face. But again, I'm going to actually buttress my point a little later, but I just want you to hear the rest of this clip here. Part of God was inside of Jesus. Jesus was not fully God. If God stepped down on this earth in his glory, his glorious body, we would not be able to handle it. All right. So you heard it, right? Uh, Marcus Rogers saying, hey, Jesus is not fully God right there uh, uh, in that debate. Um, it's not me putting words in his mouth. That's not, uh, in, in any of that. Right. Uh, here's what I want to do because I told you guys that, um, I want to share this clip here or share my screen, right? Cause this is one of the most strangest, bizarre videos that I've ever heard from anyone, right? The Godhead explained like you never heard it before a year ago, Marcus Rogers uh, had this video with, um, what is it? Will the Thrill Jackson, as I call him. <laughs> Will Jackson, one of the most interesting fellows on the Internet. I say that kindly. Uh, but I want you guys to hear from Marcus, Marcus Rogers' own view and ask yourself, is this the God of the Bible? As we play these clips, ask yourself, is this the God of Scripture? So let's get into this first clip, which I'm calling Let There Be Light. All right, now I'm going to share something with you guys where, and Will's going to break this down really, really, really good. One of the issues people had, they said, Marcus doesn't believe that Jesus is eternal. That's not true. Jesus is definitely eternal. Now, he's going to redefine what eternal means, and I'm going to show you. He's literally going to argue that Jesus came into existence later in this video. Remember what I said, Marcus Rogers giveth, and Marcus Rogers taketh away. Jesus is definitely fully God. We read that in these verses, right? The word. Jesus is the word, right? The word, and yeah. he was made flesh, right? And so in the beginning was the word. So the word was always there. Right? But watch how he tried to say the word was there always. Watch. Right? And so I looked at this verse and he says that, uh, and the word was made flesh. Uh, we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. No man hath seen God at any time. Only the begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, right? So he was in the bosom of the father and then the word went out. So just like it was let there. Now watch this. We about to blow. I think we about to blow yep. some of their mind. Yep. Yep. In the beginning, he said, <laughs> let there be light. So notice what's happening here. Let there be light. That's creative. That's creation happening. Notice that's the son. That's the word in Marcus Rogers view coming into out of the father. 
And then we're going to buttress this point even further because they're going to give more examples, which I'm thankful for because it actually shows clarity of Marcus Rogers position, even though they contradict themselves all throughout this video. Go watch for yourself. Don't take my word for it, please. But notice, let there be light. That's the sun. The S-O-N, not the S-U-N, right? Just in case you're confused. That is Jesus coming in too. That's what he just said. Let's keep going. The word went out. Now, here's the thing. If you go read it, right? The, the sun and the moon wasn't created to what? The fourth, fourth day. day. The yeah. fourth day. So what light when the word went forth was he speaking about? Now, what is this light? Well, he's about to go on and explain who this light that came into. He out of the bosom of the father. Let yep. there be light. light. That was the word. Go. There you go. That's the word. That's Jesus. He's saying, he's literally telling you Jesus came into existence four days after he created everything else. But then that's contradictory because if that's the case, Jesus didn't create everything else. Oh, he didn't create all, all things, right? So you got a contradiction. One with scripture and your interpretation, but two with your claim that you believe Jesus was eternal because now you're denying that. Four days into creation, five days into creation, you have let there be light, right? Or uh, let's just start there. You have let there be light and you're claiming that's the word. That's Jesus. No, sir, that was not Jesus. Jesus existed prior to light being created. It's not talking about the suns and the stars. Then it says a body was prepared for me. So that now he's he's mixing two texts because the body you prepare for me, th that's not even in, in Genesis. So he's mixing um, multiple passages to come to this view. I mean, stay in the context uh, of the passage. Then maybe maybe you wouldn't come to this conclusion. Right. Um yeah, and Genesis, uh, Genesis 1, 3 is uh, where let there was be light. So the first, yeah, yeah, let there be light was on, uh, yeah. And so, again, I, I still would argue that was not Jesus being created or the word or wh whatever terminology he wants to use for the son. Word came out of the bosom of the father and it became flesh. It was wrapped in flesh and it came down to dwell among us. Yes. I mean, he's he's mixing so many passages. John one, Genesis one, um, uh, the Psalms where your body was prepared for me, um, and trying to connect them together, and, and it's 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 not coherent because again, he has the Son being created, or he wants he may he wants to use a word because he may say this. Well, the Son refers to the human body, even though the Son was called the Son prior to uh, creation. Um, but yeah. But it was always there because it was in the bosom of the father. So notice that's how he tries to get around the eternality. Well, Jesus is eternal because he was always there in the bosom of the father. Right. In the in the thought of God, even right. As he said in the past, that's not eternal. If he came into existence, when he came out of the father, when it said, let there be light, that is in no way what eternality means. So one of the areas, Will, where I had issues, I said that, you know, uh, Jesus was a thought. There you in, go. In God's mind, right? And so people, people took, took issue that with that, but they took it out of context. <laughs> what no one took it out of context. We knew exactly what you were saying. 
people are saying is God is a spirit. So we, we're not sure, you know, exactly how that spirit looks. Now, people have dreams, visions. He's going to get into that. But what we do know is that Jesus was in the bosom of the Father. So it's three in one, right? It's three in one. And the word came out and it became flesh. So to me, if God was alone by himself. Notice God's alone by himself. And what he's trying to explain is that's the father. Not the son and not the spirit. God the father was alone by himself. No other person was there at creation. He's going to buttress this point later. Right. And the Bible says the lamb was slain before the foundations of the earth. So watch this. Before he started putting the earth together, he said, let there be light. That's the son. That is the son in Marcus Rogers view. <laughs> Amazing. Amazingly heretical at that, but I'm just trying to butcher the point that Marcus Rogers' view, because uh, people saying, "Oh, he agreed with the Trinitarian language. He he agreed with David uh, David Lynn on a lot of this stuff." I don't think he agreed. He was just being uh, agreeable, right? Uh, but we're going to continue, and, and let's say if he agreed with David Lynn, he would delete this video. I mean, like, because this contradicts everything he 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 allegedly agreed to. But I am just, I'm going to try my hardest, <laughs> my daggone hardest to let this video play. <sighs> Lord, help me. All right, all right. Now, I'm about to give it over to Will. But the way that, you know, the Lord showed it to me is <laughs> like this. Right? Hold on. I, I got to recant. I forgot about that part. <laughs> y'all remember this? Do y'all remember this? Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. No, 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 no. Oh, man. Oh, oh. I, I, I got to play this just for y'all, man. <laughs> Hold on. Where is it at? Oh, man. I forgot about that. Jingle bells, jingle bells. I'm not going to hell. You know what I'm saying? All right. I promise. I'm going to let y'all hear the rest of this. Let's go. Sorry. So, three and one. We already explained you've three got and one. one paper, okay? But it's still one piece of paper. And I think where people get confused is they're arguing about what form we're going to see in heaven, what it's going to look like. Here's the bottom line. That is not a heaven or hell issue. But the way that God showed it to me, all right? like so God showed him this. It's three, but it's in one. God is so deep. He sits outside of time and space. He's eternal. So imagine, right? This is just the deepness of God, right? <laughs> he says, I look uh, and there's none beside me. I look, they're one. It's one voice, right? It was one voice speaking to Moses, one voice uh, speaking to Saul. So if it's one, look, it's three, but it's one. There's none beside me. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, the comforter came, right? So the word was what? The lamb. That was the role of Jesus, was the lamb. He, he paid the price for our sins. Then the Holy Spirit is the comforter. Right. And we're filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. So God is so deep. He's so big that when you think about him being one, just imagine like the best way I can explain it. And I think Will's going to explain this better. is like if you had a slinky and you stretched it. Right. And it just it just goes on forever. So there's God. But everything is in him. The Bible says the fullness of the Godhead is in Jesus. And so it's like if, you're, if you were looking at a God, it's just deep. 
because why he's eternal so he it just goes on forever all right so there's the father there's the there's the son there's the holy spirit but not also is it deep this way it's wide and it just goes so there's no limits to god so when we begin to try to put god in a box that is where the problem comes. When you look look at God, he goes on forever and ever in this direction. He goes on forever, forever in that direction. And at the same time, it's still one. <laughs> he, the funniest part about that, he's like, y'all put God in a box. He literally has God in a box in his example, right? I mean, what? Wait a minute. Who are you? He needs some milk. Why would you say that? Why would you say that? Ask yourself this. Is that the God you serve and believe in? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That is not the biblical view of Jesus. If that's the God you believe in, we definitely serve two different gods. <laughs> but let's go on to this next clip here. Just to buttress what I'm saying. Think about it like this too, okay? You're one. Here's Will the Thrill. And guys, he said some of the most outlandish things in this video. 15,000 miles high and wide. God is liquid. His voice sounds like liquefied lightning, whatever that's supposed to mean. I mean, I don't have the vocabulary to repeat to 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 quantify how absurd that is. Sometimes I need I mean, I just need to learn bigger vocab. Just to show how asinine uh, what he was saying. But listen to this first part because <laughs> I want you to hear this. Think about it like this too, okay? You're one person. If you cut your tongue out your mouth and you sat it right there, would that be you? Answer that. No. What, he's, what he was trying to explain in this video is the same way if you cut your tongue off and you put it there, that would be you is what the father did by cutting, I guess, a part of himself off and sending it. And that was the son. That was That's an absurd point. And no, my tongue cannot be categorized as me. It is a part of me. It is, it is a, a traits of me even maybe, but it is not me. The same way if I cut a piece of my, my hair off. You wouldn't say, look, it's K-Dub on the ground. No no one would say that if they saw a body part. Look, it's K-Dub on the ground. It's, you know, your tongue, he's got his, K-Dub is flopping around the ground. That is absurd. But, again, when you're trying to uh, get some human reasoning about this, then that's what you come up to. Absurdities, right? Um, things that just make you gotta say. Wait a minute. Who are you? You know, the perfect clip for this is just my imagination. Th th that's all it is. Their imagination. Run it away. <laughs> yeah, y'all know the point. Uh, but watch this. Would that be you? Yes. No. Let me, let me tell them this too, too. Will. Mm -hmm. So the Bible says man was made in the image of God. So we'll just watch this. Classic modalism uh oneness example. Watch this. I feel like the uh, usher. Watch this, right? <laughs> Watch this. You broke that down, right? Mm -hmm. So you had Adam. He's, he's body. He has a soul. All right. And then you have the spirit. So notice Adam is body, soul, spirit. But it's the same person. That's what they're trying to explain who God is in this video. So that is a oneness example. Now, I grant it. They contradicted that multiple times in this video, 
right? Yeah, the amoeba is being split up, split apart. I mean, it, uh, go listen to this video. B bizarre. It should be kept in a theological closet <laughs> of never enter. That's how bad it was. But again, that example, uh, body, soul, spirit is a common uh, oneness example. Now watch this. Man was made in the image of God. Watch. Okay, listen to this. Listen to this. Out of man, God pulls Eve, right? Mm -hmm. Out of man, watch this. He pulls Eve, but your wife is still one flesh. Yep. But, but she's yep. walking around. She's doing yep. this. She's moving around. Okay. But it came from Adam. Yep. In the same way, when in John 14, when it says the comforter is coming, the same way that, uh, that you had Adam and the woman was pulled out of Adam, the Holy Spirit or Jesus, when the body was created, comes out of that one God. Yes. Right? But. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? So, notice the example, right? Adam and Eve, right? Uh, the woman came out of Adam, right? No question there, not uh, d debatable, right? The woman came out of Adam. He said the same way that is what is with uh, the son and the spirit. They came out of the father. Meaning, because remember, at one point, Eve did not exist. This In the same way, we're going to hold him to that standard. In the same way, not in a similar way. And he says in the same way is what is with the son and the spirit. My friend, that is heretical. And that also denies not only the eternality of the son, but the eternality of the spirit as well. You know, I you you I get a lot. You're just you're too hard on Marcus. You're too hard on Marcus, guys. If you guys can listen to what he says about the nature and the being of God and think that's orthodox, says a lot about uh, your issue as well. Uh, again, if Marcus' view of God isn't heretical, then there is no heretical view of God. I'll go strong and say that. And we're gonna show you something. Imagine it's just totally dark right now. Right? What? Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> got got a little. Got a little I got a little. Uh, <laughs> get a little too jumpy on that on the Saint Westbrook. But watch this interview. Oh, watch the interview. Watch this clip here. And there's no walls here because there's no foundation. Nothing has been formed. There's just God, and He's eternal. Now, as Will said, it's like folding within himself, right? He just is. He just exists, right? There's, he says, there's none beside me. There's no other gods. There's nobody that I've counseled with. It's just me. There, there it is. There's just one person, right? Not three persons shared by one, you know, uh, being. This is definitely uh, oneness and even an ex example. But watch. Watch, I mean, guys, I'm just giving you further evidence he does not believe in the eternality of the Son nor the Spirit. Notice, there's only, this is, Marcus is supposed to be uh, representing uh, the Father, and might I add, that is a bad representative, by the way. You know, but he's supposed to be representing <laughs> the Father in his analogy. There's no sun, there's no moon, there's no nothing. And by the way, there's still a little light. I mean, I get it, we got to see you, but I get the point. <laughs> And so now, before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. This is foundational, right? There's walls, there's structure. So before there was any foundation, I want you to imagine that right, that right now, there's just me and there's nothing. There's no wall. It's just, there's not even space because God is eternal. Time and space do not contain God. So, Will is going to represent the word. He says, let there, matter of fact, 
you get your phone and, and get ready to do the flashlight. I'm going to show you how it happened. Watch this. <laughs> Usher style. Watch this. Watch this. God came the word, right? So imagine this door right here, right? And come on, Will. Just listen to this. He says, let there be light. And then the light walks in and begins to light up nothing. So now we have what? The light of. Notice at one point, the light of the world, quote unquote, Jesus did not exist. Right? But now he comes into being. The world. Now the light of the world is here. It came out of, as Will said, God, the spirit. Right? Now think about this. The light of the world. This is the world. God is outside. He holds the world in his hands. He created time and space. It cannot contain him. So then he says, let there be light. The lights were not created to the fourth day, the sun, the stars, the light of the world. So when Will is talking about the light of the world, talking about uh, that Jesus was moving in the earth in the Old Testament. Yes, he was because he was the light of the world. So they, they so notice Jesus is the light of the world. When was he when was he created? When, when did he come into when God said, let there be light? Right. First day. Right. Yeah. First day of creation. Let there be light. And there was light. You cannot tell me, according to this, Marcus believes in the eternality of the son in the eternality of Jesus. That is a denial. Because notice in Genesis one, what is God doing? <laughs> what is God doing in Genesis one? It's not a uh, trick question, by the way. That's, uh, you know, what is he doing? He is creating. I, I know earlier I said the fifth day. I, I, sorry, I meant the uh, first day. God said, let there be light. And there was light. And Marcus is right about that. Um, you know, you, you have a light mentioned earlier. Um, but this is not Jesus. Jesus existed prior to. Matter of fact, Jesus is said to create all things. So Jesus created this light. Not this was Jesus, the light being brought into being out of the bosom of the father. That's not what is being done here. Absolutely not. Jesus is the one who created the heavens and the earth. Not um, this is the Jesus coming out of father. Again, I've labored my point, but saw that they saw the word will never return unto God void. Right. But it's still God. Still. So even though the light, i.e. I. Jesus uh, was created because it came out of the father. He's still God, because I guess he has a source from God. Well, if that's the case, everything is God then, because um, everything has a source from God. I mean, we come from God. We're made in the image of God, yet we're not God. And so one more clip, because I thought this was pretty funny, given uh, what happened after this uh, dialogue, but we'll play it. Knock and the door shall be open. I want to be part of the kingdom. What does the Bible say? I have to be born of the water and the spirit, and you enter the kingdom. So boom. I'm born of the water, I'm of the spirit, I come in, I've entered the kingdom. Yep. To enter the kingdom, I did not have to say, I pledge my allegiance to being Baptist. I yep. pledge my allegiance to being Pentecostal. I pledge my allegiance to oneness or Trinity or words that are not in the Bible. To enter the kingdom, I must be born of the water and of yes. the spirit. And whether some of you like it or not, all right, the remnant is rising up and we're yes. coming together in unity. Yes. That's why we're making this kind of video. Yes. And we're going to stand together and say, Jesus is the way. Yes. No man cometh to the Father but through Jesus Christ. It's yes. not more. 
Muhammad. It's not Allah. You know, so unity, right? The remnant is coming for unity. Well, I regret to inform, inform you that after this video, these two gentlemen had a falling out. No, 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 no. So, so much for uh, unity of the spirit between you two. My God, my goodness, guys, I, I have given about three hours of material on um, Marcus Rogers view of the Trinity or Marcus view of the Godhead. He wants to use that language. OK. Um, and to show one, it's unbiblical. It is unbiblical. Right. The Bible uh, does. I mean, Jesus is eternal. That is a essential doctrine, not because he came out of the bosom of the father, but he existed. John one. Right. Someone wanted to know my explanation of John one. What, 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 what does it mean when it says word? Right. Right. In the beginning was the word. So notice that that's Jesus. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. See, this one, this already, even Marcus Rogers view, this doesn't make any sense because the word existed prior to the light being created. I mean, prior to anything uh, being uh, brought out as far as uh, the world, the word already existed. Uh, my view is that the word is speaking of Jesus. He is the uh, expositor. He is the explainer. Uh, he reveals who the father is. I mean, that's what the Bible says. Uh, he, he makes him known. I mean, later in John one, that's what it says. Um, he was in the beginning with God. So go as far back as you want. God was there and the word was there. There's no point in time, right? If we can even use that language, there's no point in time where you can go back and then the word was not there with God. That's no way, no way you can do that. All things were made through him that is speaking of the word and without him speaking of the word was not anything made that was made so go to anything in creation jesus made it which shows he was not made right all things he made in him was life and he was the light of life of men the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it right oh man just just wonderful let me go down to verse 14, right? Let me go to verse 14. I just want to whet your appetite for some Trinitarian praise. I mean, this passage, from my perspective, does not make any lick of sense without understanding the distinctions, which I've uh, talked about in this video and part one and part two. Uh, verse 14, and the word was and the word became flesh. So he existed prior to becoming flesh. We see that from John one, right? And dwelt among us. This word dwelt really has this idea of tabernacled, right? God the Son tabernacled with us. And yes, I am saying God the Son. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son. Um, or some, some versions say the unique one, this monogamous one, right? The, the only unique one. Uh, so the only unique one from the father, full of grace and truth. Right. So some people see, see this from the, from the father. See, he he came out of the father's bosom. No, Jesus is not separate from the father in the sense of he shares in the same essence. Absolutely. But they are distinct from one another. We see that from John one. So we can't it can't contradict what was earlier said. Right. Um, go down to verse 16 from his fullness. We have all received grace upon grace for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Oh man, I wish I could elaborate on that, but 
Notice this. No one has ever seen God. Now, some of you may be scratching your head, right? If you, you're a Bible student saying, wait a second, you may, hold on, you may be saying this, right? Um, you may be saying, wait a minute, who are you? Wait a minute, how has no one seen God when they clearly saw God in the Old Testament, right? That is your, a logical thinking person would be thinking that, right? I believe there's an explanation of this. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the father's side, he has made him known. Remember I said he's, he's, he's the exegeter, right? He's the explainer. Um, that is Jesus. My position that this passage is when it says no one has ever seen God is speaking of the father. Then shifts in that focus to, so no one has ever seen God, the only God speaking of the son who is at the father's side. He, speaking of the son, has made him known. But this verse makes no sense with a unit uh, with a um, Unitarian uh, thought. It makes no sense with a modalism uh, understanding because if you've seen, if, I mean, because the Father is the Son in, in uh, modalism, uh, and so this 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 view has no made no sense. It would make no sense with that align because in modalism, the Son did not come into existence uh, till the incarnation. And so again, I, I could labor the point home for you, but I think I have. I think in these uh, three, the three hours that I've spent on this, I, I hopefully believe I have labored the point. The Trinity is essential because without it, we have to deny certain passages like this. Uh, the father is not the son. The son is not the spirit. The spirit is not the son. The spirit is not the father. Yet they share in the, the, the essence. Let, let me give you a, a, a maybe a, a model of what this explaining so here father he is not hold on where's what's over here he is not the son right the father is not the son right the son is not the spirit and the spirit is not the son i think i got that the other way right the father is not the son right yeah the son is not the spirit and the spirit is not the father right yet they all share in the essence of god right right that is what i believe the bible <laughs> the Bible speaks about, you know, they, they, you know, some of these uh, on this David Lynn said and they were like, you know, the Trinity, you know, it's, it's just a mystery. It just cannot be explained. And there is some truth in that. If we if we if we understand what what uh, I don't even like using the word mystery. Uh, God is uh, indescribable in some sense. He's or, or better yet. He's infinite. He's transcendent. He's above creation. Yet this transcendent God has made himself known. Right. He is condescended. Right. But uh, the son condescended to reveal uh, God. And so there is aspects of God. Yes, we, we you know, we will maybe not understand till we get to heaven. Yet he's revealed in his word who he is sufficiently. You know, they said, you know, nobody can explain God. I have numerous books back here of, of on the Trinity. I have the attributes of God by uh, by uh, Pink. Uh, numerous books on the attributes of God. Uh, James White's book, uh, "What Is the uh, the Forgotten Trinity?" Um, my goodness, so many, so many books. I'm just kind of rattling off in my head. Uh, I'm trying to give some. Uh, I'm trying to think of one. I can't can't think of it right now. Someone someone mentioned it in my first live, but maybe I'll have to do that. Maybe I'll have to try to gather all my books on the Trinity. Uh, the Holy Spirit. 
um, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit right there. Uh, who is that by? George Sheaton. Um, Van Til has some wonderful works on the Trinity. Um, I mean, a lot of these books have to deal with the concept of uh, the, the nature of God. Uh, here, here's a good book. I'll do a book recommendation because it has to do with because uh, it gets into this this uh, of, of heresies of the past. Uh, this man, this you, you want to know uh, what the church has historically believed, what the Bible, uh, what the church has believed the Bible has taught historically. This is a good book right here. Heresies and Orthodoxies in the History of the Church by Harold O.J. Brown. You go read this. This book will will uh, bless you because it gets into uh, some of these early Christological heresies like Arianism, uh, modalism, uh, Unitarianism and things like that. Some of these heresies that existed earlier on that the church really had to wrestle with and come to an understanding on some of these issues. So this will be a good book. Just understanding what are some heresies that exist and that you won't fall prey to them. So but I hope this video was helpful. I hope this series was helpful on understanding why the Trinity is actually important. Again, I refer to you to the two-hour video with Brother Rick Caldwell. Go subscribe to Caldwell Apologetics if you want some uh, some good theological rich teaching. Um, we did a two-hour video explaining the Trinity. Uh, I'll have to put that in the description for this video. Someone remind me if I don't. Um, and, and just to come to an understanding on what the Trinity is and why it is important. So hopefully, guys, you enjoyed this video. Hopefully you enjoyed this series, guys. Till the next time, grace and peace. Yo, grace and peace. Thank you for watching another episode of All Things Theology. If you enjoyed what you heard today, go ahead and give me a like. Subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell. I promise to give you weekly videos, lives, interactions, exposing false teachers, sharing with you, the viewer, my theological beliefs, things about the culture and the Bible. So if you're here for that, come on and join us.